Hey guys, today's episode of the Table 40 podcast here on Sports Spectrum is presented by Operation Christmas Child. You can check out the website, samaritanspurse.org OCC to learn how to pack a shoebox or build one online. Operation Christmas Child is the world's largest Christmas project of its kind, and the National Collection Week is coming up November 14th through the 21st. They've been doing it since 1993, collecting and delivering more than 198 million gift-filled shoeboxes to children in need in over 170 countries and territories. This year, they hope to reach an additional 11 million children with these shoebox gifts. You can get involved right now. It's perfect for families. Your church could get involved, students, even small groups. A great way to teach kids about thankfulness and giving back to those in need. Again, National Collection Week, November 14th through the 21st. Shoeboxes will be collected across the country at nearly 5,000 drop-off locations. And this is a milestone year as Operation Christmas Child expects to collect and celebrate its 200 millionth gift-filled shoebox since it all started back in 1993. Again, the website, SamaritansPurse.org OCC, SamaritansPurse.org OCC with Operation Christmas Child. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Table 40 Podcast. Uh, Matt and Leslie here as we continue to work through the final week of the Discipleship Handbook. And this week we're talking about multiply. And so, Leslie, what do you got? Well, I think first and foremost, like when we when the it's titled multiply, something that we have to consider is the fact that this is what Jesus asked us to do. And, and the whole point of the Discipleship Handbook you know, I think we should do a summary next week and, and just close out um, our time together. But I, I think something I would like to share before next week is the whole point of multiply is to be disciples that go and make disciples. And over the last couple weeks, we've been able to come together and think through the things that make us and identify us as disciples of Christ. And and when at, as we look at the discipleship handbook in the very first page on on chapter or chapter 10 page 68 it says as final words are are as final words often are some of jesus's last words to his disciples before he ascended into heaven were significant we should lean in very close to hear and heed the tasks he left them and us with until his return um and jesus says his last words are um hey here's the deal the holy spirit is going to come the holy spirit is going to empower you and the holy spirit is going to help you um, be a disciple that makes disciples. And obviously I'm paraphrasing here, but um, that's essentially what Jesus's last words were is there's a, there's this beautiful um, responsibility that, that we have as Christ followers to share the good news. Um, scripture talks about how beautiful are the feet um, of those that, that bring the good news. And, and I think that it's a, a wonderful responsibility and an honor to be able to tell people about the beautiful story of Jesus Christ. I, I would say like explain my question to you would be, okay, you tell me to multiply, go and make disciples. Well, I'm not a pastor or I'm not, I don't do youth group or I don't, or I don't teach youth group or I don't, that's, I, I guess being going and making disciples and multiplying, it can look a lot of different ways depending on who you are. 
Is that right? Well, how would you describe like, okay, how do I multiply? Well, I, I think that that is a good question. I think that that's something that a lot of people, you know, I'm going to say something hard in the sweetest voice possible, but just because you don't have the vocation of pastor um, or, or Christian leader, that does not give you an excuse to, to, to share the good news, Jesus. And, and we take Jesus everywhere as Christians, Jesus goes everywhere with us. It goes into the, Jesus goes to the grocery store. Jesus goes into our jobs. Jesus goes into our, our workouts. Jesus goes with us in every relationship that, that we have. And Jesus needs to be the center of, um, all of our conversations. Uh, we were in church just, uh, just a couple days ago and, and Craig Rochelle, we, we attend live church and Craig Rochelle was talking about dating and something that he said about dating that really resonated with with me. Um, obviously, my dating days to pursue a spouse are over, Hopefully, but there's yes. there's lots that we can learn about relationships through the series. He's done an amazing job, but he said, you know, in the context of dating, when you're when you're choosing your spouse, like pay attention to the things that they love. And you can pay attention to those things by uh, the the what they value in conversation. Like what what sorts of things what comes up the fastest. Yeah, what comes up the fastest and what do you talk about the most? And and I think that um that is something that we can do if we're serious about being a disciple that makes disciples. How can you weave Jesus authentically in conversations that that you have? And and I know something that we encourage our kids to do. And something that I think both of us have done pretty well over the last couple of years is, for example, like with the draft, like how did Jackson, gosh, he seemed so calm during this process. And, you know, we get that a lot. Like Jackson seemed very calm during all of the draft things. You guys seemed very relaxed during all of that. And so that gave us an opportunity to say, yeah, it's our faith in Christ. Like we believe that, that God loves Jackson more than we love Jackson. And, and our faith is, is our firm foundation. And we believe that Jackson is going to go where he's going to go based on the sovereignty of the Lord. And so you're able to have, uh, you're able to point to Jesus just in the mundane conversations of, of the day. And that's what I would say is that all of us should pray for courage, should pray for boldness and pray for opportunity to share the love of Christ with people around us. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think that sometimes we as, you know, we just, I think that that's for somebody else. You know, and then I think that that's, um, I was just thought that that's as a question that, that I, I, I definitely had, you know, as a young Christian or, um, you know, you run into people or, you know, just talking to young believers is, you know, the, the yeah, um, it's our, all of our responsibility to go and share the good news and make disciples and, and, um, but it just looks different for everybody based on your gifts and where you are in life and, and it just I just think it's important to know that <clears throat> this is this is all of us, but it could look a whole different hundred different ways. Absolutely. And I think that that's what's so cool about the layout of the discipleship handbook. I think what's been such a blessing is to be able to say, OK, these are the non-negotiables about the faith. And next week we'll do a summary. But consider that like these are the non-negotiables about the faith. So, yeah, we do have different personalities and different gifts and different situations in life. But there's non-negotiables that we share about Jesus. And so the gospel, you know, is fixed and the gospel is not neutral. And, and so when we share the love of Christ and we share Jesus, there will be a response 
to those that we share it with. It's either a draw near or or push away. But the way we the way we share the gospel is, in my opinion, incredibly important. We need to have relational equity with people. I believe that with all that I have, especially those that aren't pastors. <laughs> and I say that because a pastor's role is to stand on a stage and deliver the good news. People know what so getting. they know what they're getting when they're walking into a church. It, 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 we teach the gospel at church. And so, but when we're in relationship with people, I think it's very, a wise practice to, to build relational equity to where, like, I've talked about this lately because I've been thinking about this lately. Like, um, I was raised, um, in, in a church that sang hymns. And so obviously that reflects my age, but also just, I was raised in, in the United Methodist church in Higgins, Texas. And then we moved to Chickasha, Oklahoma when I was a little bit older and I remember being a little girl standing next to my grandma, and I, I think I shared this on the podcast last week, and singing hymns. And one of the hymns um, is trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So trust has to exist before obedience. The guy that wrote that hymn was absolutely correct. And I believe with all that I have that trust has to go before obedience. And so if we're in relationship with people, strive um, to make those relationships rich and 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 try to create um, try to create a situation where there's trust there and and this relational equity will be built to where you can share the gospel. And I think something that you do really well and something that I, I think is important to bring up in this conversation of multiplication is it you can share the gospel without using a whole lot of words. And I think just our actions, um, our actions, when they're consistent over time, are going to draw people in um, to this interest in who Jesus is. The way that you see people, the way that you value people, the way that you um, care for, ask the second question, like, how was your day? Okay, tell me, tell me more about it. How are your kids? What are their names? You know, I, I just think like that sort of, that sort of uh, practice in life is is very valuable and what makes life awesome. Like to get to know one another is, is such a joy. And I think we, we've talked about this, even when, when you have conflict in a marriage or, or when you have like the presentation and the gentleness and the, and the tone of your voice and, and the way you get a chance to talk about Jesus that unarms people. I, I think that is not beat people over the head or sort of hit people in the face with, um, I, I think it, that's also important. And I think being able to have relational equity and then be able to talk about Jesus in a way, um, I think that is how it should be, like mm -hmm. how, how he's a loving God. And and just, you know, I don't think you jump into the <laughs> where you're headed uh, talk. And so I just think that there's there's a way always to say things and, yeah. and the way you say things and gentleness and um and how you present um what you have to say is it also matters absolutely and i think you know something like very practical because you know by now we've been together a long time i love practical and sports spectrum is doing a um series right now called i once was and that's the the beauty like in two minutes you can <laughs> in two minutes you can tell your story like this is who I was, but this is who I am now. And our stories are so incredibly powerful. And that's what I really want to encourage all of us that the takeaway when we consider multiplication and we're, we consider like being a disciple that makes disciples. It's all about telling your story. It's all about saying this is who I was, but this is who I am because I encountered 
Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ changed everything about me. And that's just being an ambassador. When you, when you go and you tell your story and you say how Jesus uh, changed everything about, about your story and your trajectory. And um, on page 69, it says, heaven will be populated with people from every tongue, every tribe, every nation. God's plan A to reach those people is through his followers. There's no plan B. Christ has given us the ministry of reconciliation and we are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us and how God makes his appeal through us, how we can participate in being an ambassador for Jesus Christ is simply by telling our story. You see it over and over and over again in scripture. One of my favorites um, is in John four, when we think about the Samaritan woman. And there's a couple things that draw me into that story because um, we've all heard it. In fact, we've heard it a lot lately. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's been the go. I think God's like, yeah, Everybody learn more. Learn we more. Talk to you. But I think about, I think about Jesus's posture with the Samaritan woman. And, and I think when we talk about Jesus, like reminding, um, just reminding those that are, that are wanting to understand more about Jesus Christ is just the posture at the well. Like Jesus is sitting, waiting for, for this woman. This feels very unseen and, and very much like an outsider and is choosing the time of day to come to the well where nobody else is. And then he meets her right where she is. And, and he says, um, look, I can offer you living water. And then it's cool how the, the Lord revealed this to me just the other day when I was reading it. And, and she goes on to say, yeah, I'm fired up about the living water, but are you telling me that the water you offer will prevent me from ever having to come to this place of shame again? And I think that, um, again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that, but it's like this woman is like, I, I'm interested in that because I never have to come up here again because this walk from the city to the well reminds me every single time that I'm not worthy, that I'm not enough, that that I don't belong. And, and I just think this, this interaction with Jesus Christ, the creator of all things, the fully God and fully man, he sits at a well and he sees a woman and he meets her immediate need. And he, he like restores her dignity in such a way that um, that encounter, I mean, later down the line, that encounter gives her the courage and the boldness to run into the space that she was running away from. And to say, look, let me tell you a story about a man that told me everything. This is Jesus Christ. And obviously I'm missing out a lot of, I'm missing a lot of details here, but that's all of our stories is that Jesus Christ meets us where we are. And no matter what we brought to the well, so to speak, um, there's, there's a place for forgiveness, acceptance, um, love, reminding you of your dignity, your worth, your belovedness as his, as his daughter or son. And, and go tell that story because that story that preaches way more than anything I can say to encourage you. But in your circle of influence, your story of, of rescue and surrender, that will impact lives like you wouldn't believe. Just have to go tell your tell your story. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like when you think about all the ways, all the things that he did to set up even having that conversation, yes. whether it's sitting down or sending off his posse. Yes. sending away the disciples to go get food or whatever and creating this very comfortable sort of environment and and this real intimate place for them to have this discussion i think just all that like you're talking about he sat down and he sent people away and he made it very comfortable for her to open up about her story and then he was able 
uh, to empower her to go tell others. But I, it's just interesting because if the disciples are all standing around, like she, chances are she's not going to, just like any of us, like if I don't yeah. want to tell my story in front of 40 people I don't know, but if it's one person that I, she didn't know him, but she knows him quick. But I don't know. I just think about when you, when you read this stuff and you start talking about these interactions and the character of Jesus, there's just a lot there. Absolutely. And, and just, again, a major part of the, of the conversation that I left out is, is Jesus gets right to the point and he's like, let's talk about the root of your shame. Go get your, go get your husband. And she's like, oh man, I don't have a husband. He's like, I know you don't. And, and that's the thing that we often forget about the beauty of Christianity is God knows it all and still desires for us to, to come home. Like the prodigal, right? Like all of these stories in scripture where the prodigal son is one of my very favorite stories is dad's waiting at the, at the, por- at the porch looking for his boy. And he sees him and he's like, there he is. And he runs after him. And, and it just like story after story after story after story of Jesus Christ seeing the one. And if we're going to participate um, in being a disciple that makes disciples see the one, pattern your life after Christ. He sees people. He loves people. He meets them where they are. He does not expect for them to have the power in in like the self-reliance model to to quit sinning on your own. Like that isn't possible. And and I think that that's part that's part should be part of our stories too that we share is like look, doing it on my own is not going to work. I remember our our friend Darren Patrick who passed away several years ago. He said something that just like is seared in my brain when he talks to people about about their story and about um, their life, he would say, how's that working for you? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And he would say that all the time. And what a great question to start a conversation with is so how is this self-reliance model that you're using very consistently, um, cleaning yourself up, not sending for a couple days or you know what I'm saying, or, or not, not like if addiction is your issue. Okay. You don't, you don't, use whatever it is that's tripping you up for three or four days and and by your self-reliance model you're trying to heal and you're trying to get clean and you're trying to get better and Darren would always say okay well how is that working for you and and you know and what Jesus is saying to the woman at the well like how is this how is this working for you because I'm offering you something that that you can rely on me like I'm strong enough to handle this burden and let's go let's do this together so I don't know I, I think I think of Romans I'm um, 116 for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because of the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And I think if we're gearing up to tell our story, re- like, like hype up with Romans 116, like I am not ashamed of the gospel because it has the power. It's the power of God for salvation. Right. Um, I think that brings we salvation. talked about this the other night, but I think when you talk about the prodigal son and people think about religion, and the difference between religion and Jesus and sort of when you talk about the prodigal son, I think religion hates that story. Oh yeah. And we're talking about like, you know, the son that goes off and squanders away all of, and takes his money and early and and squanders it. And the other son seems to be obeying and, and sort of the, the good son, if you will. And, and I think religion would say that that son needs to be elevated should be higher and rewarded yeah and and jesus is saying simply just come home yeah and i just think that that's so counter to first of all our culture but secondly to like religion and you know the pharisees and the everyone that wants it to be about rules and who follows the rules the best 
And I just think that this is another time where Jesus is saying, like, look, it doesn't matter your past. Yeah. And when you're when you're talking about going and making disciples and sharing your faith with people, like these are stories where you can say, look, this is an example of it doesn't matter your shame or your you're not worthy or your brokenness and you don't think that this is for you because of what you've done where Jesus is saying that doesn't matter and I think that that's where people in our society confuse religion and Christianity or you know Jesus and, and religion um, would say oh oh no um, you know he's not worthy as this guy yeah and so I, I just think yeah and I mean when you're talking I think about you know what we've heard over before is like like the gospel is we're working from approval and um, we're sharing these stories from a place of approval, not for approval. And when I think about the prodigal son, you think about the father bringing him home and saying, I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to celebrate you. I'm you're mine. You're my son. You've been identified as that. Um, it's time to, it's time to start living in that way, like living from this, this identity. And your past does not define you. I define you. Like Jesus is saying, I define you. And it's a beautiful thing. And so when we think about uh, closing this conversation, we, we want to think about the key points on page 71 of chapter 10. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is the great commission of Jesus. It says, the church has been commanded to go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that God has commanded in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you when you read that, I want you to think, trust and obey. There's no other way uh, to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. And I think that the trust, trust comes before obedience. And um, man, they love Jesus and they trusted Jesus. They, those boys were, those disciples were, were crazy about Jesus. They saw the 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 resurrection for goodness sakes and so it's they they trusted him and so there was confidence when they went out to um to this call to action with with the great commission and, and sort of think about that think about the content text in which which jesus said this and he says go and do like have them like come and see go and do and i think that that's the come and see is is teach them to trust me go and do is tell them all about me and so um, the key point number two is from the start of God's re redemption plan, he has been on a mission to the entire world and all nations. His intent in blessing Abraham was to bless the whole world through him, which is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. And when I hear the word Abraham, I automatically think of covenants and these unconditional covenants that God has made from the, from the very beginning. Um, and then, um, Anyway, I'm not going to get into the conditional covenant, but the point is, is that I think that from the very beginning, God had a redemption plan. And I think that that's something that should give us a lot of confidence um, and a lot of courage that from the very beginning, this was part, we are part of the, part of the plan. Um, and we are on mission and Brian Loritz, we were just at the PAO conference and he said, who's your master? What's your mission? Um, who's your mate? Those are the three big questions in life. Like who have you given authority to for your life like who do you submit to and the answer for you and I is so we submit to Jesus and Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our story and um and that that's something that I'm so grateful for and I don't ever want to take for granted in our marriage 
And what's our mission? Our mission is to do just this, to be disciples that make disciples with our unique personalities, our unique gifting in the place that the Lord has us right now. And who's our mate? That's, we got that one covered December 30th, 2000. And so, um, and I, I think that those are things to think through when we think about God's plan of redemption. And, and as a married couple, we talk about marriage sometimes, like this is us to do together. Like this is our ministry together is to um, share the good news of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, and, and just another practical thing, Matt, we, we're hospitable. Like together, we love having people over. It's a gift that the Lord's given both of us, thank goodness. It'd be pretty terrible if you weren't and I was or whatever. But we're both pr- fairly extroverted and we're both very hospitable. Like it really like mi casa, su casa is a true thing around here. And so that's something that we do together as our ministry is we bring people in and we love them and we build relationships. And if God gives us an opportunity to talk about Jesus, we're going to talk about Jesus. Um, but in the third and final point is blessed to be a blessing. When God saves us, he invites us in. I'm sorry. He invites us to be on mission with him, which is an incredible joy and privilege. The great commission to make disciples is not an optional calling for the super Christian, but something we're all called to be a part of in some way. And um, I think we did talk about that. Like we all have been invited in to participate in the greatest story. Um, and, and, and people will uh, be so grateful that you love them in such a way that you told them about um, Jesus Christ. So do you like, do you have anything to say before we close? I don't. Um, I think that's it for the, the handbook. Yep. Next week we'll do a summary. Um, and I'm excited about that. We did a summary with our Bible study kids, um, or men and women. I hate to call them kids cause they're not, they're like pre-adults. So <laughs> college. <laughs> so uh, preteens are pre-adults. They're pre-adults. Yes. Pre-adult transition. They are transitioning into adulting and they're the best. And so we did a summary last Sunday and it was really, really cool. And so um, it's been such a blessing to be able to have have these men and women over to our house, the pre-adults. It also over. doesn't feel right to call them men and women, but. Okay, the pre-adults over and um, they've taught me a lot about how to communicate this well. And I'm so grateful for our, our Bible study here at Oklahoma State. Um, all right, guys, have a good one. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Table 40. You can find our podcast everywhere podcasts are found and at thesportspectrum.com. And if you're looking for a great resource, check out the Sports Spectrum magazine and order your copy today. The magazine has wonderful stories on sports and faith, and it's a perfect gift for kids and a sports fan who loves Jesus. Subscribe today to sportspectrum.com. And thanks again for checking out our show, and we will see you next time here on Table 40. Thank you.